today, Sally's going to take us to some of the countries that are a little off the chart, you might say. We'll also have a look at some trips and tips for women only as we talk travel on 2NURFM. Sally Lucas, we're off to some countries off the charts. Or off the radar, I suppose off you could say. Radar. We keep saying how the world has changed and how, you know, there are so many more places that we can visit than we ever could. And because someone just said that the other day, oh, if you've been in the industry that long, then you've been everywhere. I said, no, far from it. You know, it's, it's impossible because the world has opened up so much since I started. Places that we couldn't visit, we now can. So, you know, it has changed Im- immensely, actually, over that period of time. So, so this is, these are some of the countries that... <laughs> Yeah, well, this was an article. List. Yeah, it was in the um, one of the traveller magazines of the Sydney Morning Herald about a month or so ago, and I've, I've just hung on to it because I thought it was quite an interesting article. And it says, you know, how do you draw travellers to a country that no one has heard of um, or maybe heard very little of or it's quite obscure? So the, pa- the places they're going to here, well, one of them is um, the islands of Seotome and uh, Principe. Now, they're about 300 kilometres from... Gabon, uh, which is in West Africa or off the coast of West Africa. And the actual islands are also 200 kilometres from each other, which is amazing, isn't it, when you think of it? But they are one country as such. So they've got a population of about 200,000 and 7,000 of those live on Principe. And the islands were uninhabited until the 1500s when the Portuguese began using them as a watering spot for their transatlantic slave ships. But they later farmed um, cacao, coffee and sugar there. And even today, the inhabitants are descendants of those original plantation workers. So quite interesting, isn't it? And it eventually gained independence in 1975. And Portugal's national carrier TAP is the only European airline to offer flights into there, but you can get into there from Africa as well. But what's made it develop or what's interesting is that a very wealthy uh, South African billionaire who's into, I think, software, a software developer, and he was also became the first African in space when he bought passage on the Soyuz rocket. So he's got an interesting background as well. So he's dedicated himself to helping the country develop in a sustainable manner. So he consulted experts in design, forestry and agriculture, bought one of the few existing hotels and has recently opened three others. And they're all of different levels of accommodation, you know, from the more basic up to a a more luxury style resort. But he's also trying to make it more sustainable. So he has has gardens and orchards to grow the produce that the hotels are using, etc, etc. And also he has um, a craft studio, recycling facilities to deal with waste, and the craft studio makes jewellery from trash. Mm. So it, it's quite an, an interesting story when you read about it. And I just thought, yeah, wouldn't it be fascinating to go to somewhere like that? Because it would be just, when they're emerging like that, it would be so interesting. And it has such an interesting history as well. But they said they've got daily activities include walks to waterfalls, hikes to nearby beaches, you can join a boat trip and go beach hopping. They say the beaches are simply spectacular. As you can imagine, they're probably quite un- unpolluted, if that's the right word. Um, and they said the edges are shaded by, are shaded by wonderful, magnificent Indian almond trees. Oh. Wow, how beautiful would that be? And they say the green waters are so clear that when you swim, swim out, you can actually see the sea urchins on the ocean floor, the clarity of the water as such. So I thought, isn't that interesting? There are still places out there for us to go to. If you really want to get off the beaten track and think, where can I go? I don't want to go to a big city. I don't want to go where there's crowds or lots of tourists. You know, 
So you, you can still do it, which is interesting. And some of the others that they say are under the radar as well is Andorra, which is that tiny little country tucked in between France and Spain. Um, it doesn't even have an airport or a train station. So there you go. You wouldn't believe that, would you, in this day and age? Yeah. But it does have roads. <laughs> it does have roads, yes, so it's by car. You've got Suriname, which is uh, perched between French Guiana and Guiana in South America, and it's South America's smallest country as well. And it's got really interesting history and influences there as well. Of course, you've got African, British, French, Dutch and Indian, Chinese cultures all there. Tiny little country. Kyrgyzstan, which is landlocked, of course, in, in those stans, all those stans, and it's got Kazakhstan to the north, Uzbekistan west to southwest, Tajikistan to the southwest, and China to the east of it. So it's actually, it's sort of maybe lacking some of the um, glitter that the other stands and the Silk Road cities offer, but again, it's still got wonderful soaring alpine landscapes and very traditional culture. The other one is Kiribati or Kiribati, it's pronounced, sorry, Kiribati, even though it's spelled Kiribati, which is in Micronesia in the central West Pacific. And I guess that's very topical now with the um, you know, global warming and the conference being held at Tuvalu, which is that's where it's quite near Tuvalu, and it's probably about sort of north-east of the Solomon Islands to give you an idea of where it is, or and near Nauru, all, all that area. But that's an interesting place as well, in, and it's got about 100,000 inhabitants, and it's 33 islands scattered over 3.5 million square kilometres of ocean, so quite incredible. And the other place is Lesotho, which is in Africa. Again, it's landlocked by the whole of South Africa around it. Um, and it is also, um, you can fly in there from Johannesburg, you can go by coach or you can drive. It's about 400 k's southwest of Johannesburg, or if you're coming in, you, I mean, southeast, should I say, southeast of Johannesburg, or if you're coming from Durban, it's west, you know, coming from the west. So it's sort of perched in that middle part there. If you can draw a line down from Johannesburg and across to Durban, it's it's there. So again, you've got some very interesting places. They've got dinosaur footprints there, wonderful rock art, waterfalls, etc. So there's so many places out there you can still visit if you want to get off the beaten track. So your friends ask you, where have you been? And you tell them and they say, where? Where? Yes, <laughs> that'll get them thinking. That'll get Mrs. Google happening. <laughs> We're talking travel at this stage on to NURFM and we've got some trips and tips for women. Well, if you're a single woman or if you're a women, a women's group or whatever, yes. sometimes you just might be a little bit unsure about travelling, but it's becoming a lot easier. It is, and we have companies now who are dedicating some of their holidays for women-only groups, and there's quite a few of those around now, so you've got choice. You know, they go to such destinations as Uganda and Tanzania, doing the Lara Pinta Trail, but starting with meditation and yoga and then your trek, and like some really interesting itineraries for women. Um, the red, as I said, the Red Centre, Croatia and Slovenia, uh, Kenya, Greece. So there's quite a lot of destinations now that are operating programs like this. But there's some trends also. Um, it's not everywhere yet, but women-only hotel floors um, where in the US and India they do provide an elevated sense of security and female-friendly touches such as even hair straighteners and makeup fridges and powerful hair dryers instead of those awful... Some of those awful hair dryers you get in hotel rooms are disgusting. <laughs> but it's funny, women-only floors have been declared discriminatory in Denmark. <laughs> so isn't that funny? Um, yes. Now, there's a, 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 um, a rideshare service in Australia called Sheba, S-H-E-B-A-H, 
And um, in most major cities and some regional centres, they aim to get women and children to their destinations safely. And its female drivers retain 85% of the fares. Um, There's women-only train carriages, particularly in India more so than anywhere else. They have that. That's been operating for quite some time. But there's also now women's taxis. It's just womenstaxi.org. And there's a global directory there of companies in countries such as Britain, Lebanon, Mexico, South Africa and Iran. Um, And they offer taxi services provided exclusively by female drivers for female patrons. And there's some now female-friendly apps coming out as well. So there's one called... Torlina, like Tor with L-I-N-A, Torlina.com, which matches women travelling to the same destination. Uh, GoShoreGlobal.com, which helps women and LGBTQI people uh, safely um, navigate, you know, unfamiliar neighbourhoods. Um, there's one called Flush Toilet Finder, isn't that funny, which pinpoints public restrooms for you. Um, Lady Pill Reminder, a handy assistant in synchronising the contraceptive pill with the changing of the time zones. Uh, how many it's times? Amazing. Isn't, isn't that amazing? Yeah, so, and so there's all these lovely destinations as I said you can go to. But I thought we'd mention some of the famous uh, great female travellers. Now, the first one, which I hadn't heard of, to be quite honest, it was an American journalist, best known for her 72-day round-the-world journey in 1889 by steamship and railroad, in which she broke the record set by Jules Verne's fictional character, Phileas Fogg, in his book Around the World in 80 Days. So there you go. So she was wonderful. Jane Goodall, well, we all have heard of Jane Goodall, which is that wonderful primatologist who, you know, works in saving gorillas and, and orangutans, etc. So she has been travelling. She travels for about 300 days a year. Isn't that amazing? Mm, when you think about yes. it, um, an Irish lady called Dervla Murphy, and she's written a book as well called Full Tilt Ireland to India with a Bicycle. And she rode a bike solo, and she had some very interesting things happen to her off along the way, scaring off thieves in her arm with a pistol she'd taken along for her solo ride. <laughs> so, so that could be an interesting book to read as well. Of course, our own Robin Davidson, who did that nine month journey across our. our right across Australia with camels and a dog called Tracks. Of course, she's written a book and there's been a film made on that. But this is an interesting one. Jessica Nabongo, she was born to Ugandan parents in Detroit and she's well on her way to becoming the first black woman to visit every country in the world. So she's a travel writer and podcaster and she's got a company called Jet Black which encourages travel to countries in the um, African region. But she shares her wanderings and she's been to 165 nations and counting on her Instagram account and blog called Catch Me If You Can. So, look, ladies, there's lots of things for you to do out there. There's lots of ladies you can aspire to travel like, and there's some wonderful itineraries uh, available now if you do choose to travel in a women's-only group. So, yep, ladies, no, no stopping you. No reason not to travel. We're talking travel. Time to look at what's in the hot deals department. Sally Lucas of the current travel marketplace. What have you got? Well, I think we'd all like a bit of heat, Jane, talking about <laughs> hot deals. I think um, we're all saying, come on, come on, we've got this August really cold weather hitting us, haven't we? Even though it's fine, it's been exceptionally cold. Um, New Caledonia, we have mentioned that before. I mean, when you think about it, it's less than three hours from Sydney. It's so close to home, closer than fine to Cairns. You go there, you get a little touch of your 
French taste of life without having to fly to Paris. And you've got the most beautiful, one of the largest, most beautiful lagoons in the world, as well as a myriad of other islands other than the, the main island, of course, of Ansvata, uh, Nuvata, sorry. Uh, you've got a five-night package there from under $1,500, which you can travel between now and uh, the end of March next year, which that's got quite a good lead-in time for you. Return flights with Air Calan to Numea. You get airport transfers, five nights at the Sheraton, New Caledonia, and daily breakfast. So that's not bad and it's a five-star luxury hotel so keeping with the heat in the hot deals we've also got some lovely packages going through to a range of the pacific island resorts uh vanuatu has got a couple of different properties there coconut palmas resort and poppies on the lagoon they've got a seven night package there starting from under 850 booked by 30 august with that one and that's including breakfast and air as well poppies on the lagoon has got a five night one from under a thousand booked by 30 august also the cook islands booked by 28 august and they've got a six night package uh which is a save of over $1,180 on that. It's amazing with Air New Zealand. Norfolk Island, booked by 28 August, there's a saving of $250 on a four-night package. And Samoa, we've got booked by 30 August as well. There's a saving of over $1,300, plus the Naviti Resort in Fiji have got a kids play, stay, eat free. And there's savings of over $1,700 there also to book by 30 August. So lots of hot deals for the hot places. Mm, no excuses not to feel warm. No. And now we're going to go cold. Uh, Ponon have released their 2021 Arctic season cruising. If you book now, you can save up to 30% off a range of their Arctic voyages. And plus another welcome offer if you're a newcomer to them of a $400 per person discount. So that's well worth looking for. Um, also, European river cruising. I know everyone still loves doing these river cruises. Just be careful the time of year you travel because the rivers can dry up and then you suddenly, which we've had happen to us a couple of times in our office where we've had to think of somewhere else to you know, send your clients because the river levels have dropped. Mm. Uh, usually it's more towards the winter months at the end of the season, but this year it's even happened now. So climate change is happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, um, But they do have some still good savings for 2020 on a range of river cruises if you book by the end of August. And there's a new vessel hitting the cruise market, and this is the Victoria Mekong, and she's setting sail in December this year for the first time, exploring that wonderful Southeast Asia river of the Mekong. And it's a deluxe vessel with 33 cabins with private balconies, spa with massage service, bar and restaurant, etc. So it's the ultimate indulgent cruising if you're thinking of doing the Vietnam, Mekong Delta and Cambodia. And there's a range of lovely shore excursions that you can do as well. And you can even explore one of the islands along the way called Tiger Island by electric bike. So there you go. So there's plenty out there. Yes, Jane, there's um, lots of hot deals, lots of early birds happening. As I said, for the Arctic and Antarctic, they do book out a long way ahead. They take registrations early because of that fact. So we're looking to get in for next year would be getting limited now but for 2021 you'd certainly still need to be getting in now and putting your registration in particularly for the Antarctic. Mm, Thinking ahead and we will thank you Sally Lucas. Thank you Jane. We will talk travel again next Friday on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.